Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Adventures of Tintin by Hergé, dramatized by Simon Eastwood. For The Calculus Affair, Part 2. To the editor from Tintin, famous boy reporter, subject, world domination. Professor Calculus had perfected an ultrasonic instrument capable of destroying glass from a distance. Its potential to be developed into a deadly weapon was obvious. And so, having got wind of this, the Bordurian Secret Service had kidnapped the professor. But now, the Sildavian Secret Service, Bordurian's sworn enemies, had snatched the professor from their grasp and were heading for France by motorboat. Under a barrage of bullets and with Captain Haddock Snowy by my side, I was in hot pursuit, piloting a helicopter through the dark of the night. Calling the police. This is an emergency. I repeat, this is an emergency. If I drop back now, I'll lose oh, no. the darkness. If a bullet makes contact with double. Oh, oh, yes, please, you are answering. Please identify Oh, hooray. A radio ham. This is Captain Haddock. And I... oh, what? No, it's not possible. What? No. This is Thundering die fools, it can't be. <laughs> so you're another radio ham. <laughs> that takes a biscuit, as my uncle Anatole used to say. It is. Now listen, Mr. Wag. You must warn the police at once. We are in a helicopter flying over Lake Geneva, and we are following a motorboat containing Professor Calculus. He has been kidnapped, Wag. <laughs> and get a move on. Just reached the shore. It's hidden by the trees. What are they doing? Oh, I see. They must be putting calculus into a car. Uh, there, there they go. Thundering typhoons. Oh, you should be a commentator. <laughs> Anyone would think it was for real. No, no, no. Christ, come on, Jeremy, you. Uh, the wife's calling me. Caught me extra again. <laughs> Cheers, you old rascal. Look, the petrol gauge is down to zero. The bullet must have pulled the tank. The only thing we can do is land on the road in front of the car and force it to stop. Oh, fabulous. Oh, no, she's misfiring. I've only got one chance to land. Oh, come on, land. You're nearly there. Yes. We go. Bang. The middle of the road. Hooray! Oh, blistering barnacles let me out of this thing. We've got them now. Here, take a gun, Captain. Right. Courtesy of the helicopter. <laughs> they're bound to be armed. Oh, let's hope their bite's less bad than their bark. No, no, that's wrong. Perhaps their less is bad than their bark. Come on, Snowy. Action stations. <laughs> Come on, Captain. Let's sort them out. I'm right behind you. And I'm right behind you. What do you think you're playing? Put your hands up. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> but may I be so bold as to ask what you want? Calculus. Now hand him over. Calculus? And what might that be? A plant? An animal? You know as well as we do. I have never heard of your candy flush. <laughs> Very funny. Now open the boot. There. Now there's your silicones. Inside the spare wheel, I suppose. I don't understand. Look. Over there. Oh, great snakes. And with military markings, too. 
That's where they must have put calculus, which means that we... <laughs> Come back, you! It's no use, Captain. They were just a decoy. Calculus has slipped through our fingers. Oh, Tintin, what do we do now? Well, it was a Sildavian Air Force plane. We must go back to Geneva and take the first plane to Sildavia. Captain, we've no time to lose. Look, Stefan, the two foreign dogs. <laughs> you mean three foreign dogs, Stefan. Quick, we must telephone Colonel Sponge. He will be most interested. Any possible flight to Sildavia? Mm, two seats for Klaus, sir. Certainly, the plane leaves in two hours' time. <laughs> Thank you. What's the matter, Snowy? Where's the captain? Oh, I recognize those two thugs. They're Baldurians. <laughs> Ah, there you are. Now, blistering barnacles. Listen to this report in the newspaper. It, it, it's incredible. A Bordurian Air Ministry communique reports that a Soldavian military aircraft has been intercepted by fighters whilst flying over Bordurian territory and forced to land. Oh, great snakes. This changes everything. That must be the plane Calculus was in. And now he's fallen into Bordurian hands again. They never give up, do they? <laughs> there was no time to lose. While I changed our tickets for Shod in Borduria, Captain Haddock telephoned home to Marlin Spike. After one full start... Good morning, can I help you? Uh, hello, is that you, Nesta? No, this is Cuts the Butcher speaking. What can I do for you, sir? A dozen sausages, please. Damn, pistry, barrios. And then another... Oh, now is to be put through the wag. Hello, Jolien Wag speaking. Damn, thundering time foods, I'm going mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a proper lark, eh? <laughs> you didn't half give me a laugh with your helicopter chat. What are you doing in my house, wag, you buffoon? Well, it turned out nice. I brought the wife for a little visit to your country seat. Wag, put me on to Nestor immediately. The captain finally got through, but there was bad news in store for us. Yes, sir. All the professor's apparatus has been stolen. What? Including that peculiar radar dish. Blistering barnacles! Did you send for the police, Nestor? Yes, sir. The police came this morning. Oh, that's a relief. Not really, sir. It was the Thompsons. Things couldn't be worse. If it was the Bordurians who had carried out this dastardly deed, then they now had both calculus and his equipment. Their potential to hold the world to ransom was only too obvious. We had to stop them. Two tickets for Jolt. Certainly, sir. Bon voyage, gentlemen. We're only too delighted to give up our seats, eh, Stefan? Only too delighted, Stefan. There will be body areas very special guests. Come on, Captain. There were two last-minute cancellations to shot. We've got a plane to catch. So what's new? I think I swore I'd never do this again. Oh, we've made it a shot. What's next? Oh, I've cut umbrella out of my mouth before I develop a permanent grin. I'm not sure, Captain, but I can tell you I'm relieved. I thought the airport police might have been warned about our arrival. Oh, ye have little faith. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> What's that you were saying, Captain? You, Captain Haddock! Yes. You, Tintin! Yes. You, Doggy! You come with me, please. My officer won't talk to you. Gentlemen! We of the High Command are assembled today to hear about the remarkable discovery. 
After protracted research, Bordurian scientists have succeeded in perfecting a weapon that will make H-bombs and ballistic missiles as obsolete as pikes and muskets. The day is not far off, gentlemen, when this weapon will make the people of Borduria and their glorious leader, ruler, Kovitas! Hamai! Masters of the world! Follow me, gentlemen, into the chamber! Captain, this is a great privilege for us. Oh. We in Bodoria salute you. Uh, hear that glorious interplanetary flight. Hurry! Bless you. And you too, mynheer Tintin. The ancient traditions of Bodurian hospitality demand that we ensure your absolute comfort and safety. We're overwhelmed. Two interpreters will therefore accompany you during your stay here. They will take you wherever you may wish to go, and at whatever time. These gentlemen, chronic and clumsy. <laughs> this is a happy day. Be exact. Happy birthday. Golly, Borduria's oh. answer to the Thompson twins. Oh, entirely at your service. They will take you to the Hotel Snor, where rooms are booked for you. I wish you a pleasant stay. Bless you. Now, gentlemen of the High Command, I invite you to give your undivided attention to this screen. Here you see on this screen, challenging the world with these gigantic skyscrapers, is a great transatlantic city, capital of the enemies of Kovitash. Comrades. At our command, this city is doomed. In a few seconds, it will be reduced to nothing more than rubble. Hooray! Well, we're prisoners, all right, Snowy. And make no mistake about it. And if my feelings are correct, then we haven't got much time. Well, at least I can put this umbrella down. Oh, this might be the Hotel Schnorr's answer to a suite at the Hilton, but it doesn't make any difference. It's a gilded cage. What now? Oh, personally, I think it makes a big difference. Mm. I'm going to have a dip in the jacuzzi. <laughs> Hello, Tintin speaking. Blairstream Barnacles, I say that at the first opportunity we ditch those two coleoptera. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're referring to those two butterflies you caught by the lake in Geneva. The what? Uh, they aren't uh, coleoptera, Captain. They're lepidoptera. Blistering barnacles, are you seasick, man? No, don't worry about the butterflies, Captain. The Let's talk about the simply wonderful hospitality of this exquisite country. Above all, their, their how shall I put it, their friendliness, which is entirely uh, friendly. Yes, but, but well, look here, I... Right, I'll just leave you to untangle your tongue, Captain. But don't forget, we go down to dinner in an hour. Gentlemen, gentlemen, your enthusiasm is not misplaced. Now, one push of this button and... You see those proud buildings swaying on their foundations. They're cracking. Disintegrating, toppling and crumbling to dust. A once proud city, the heart of the evil empire, so long pitted against the glorious Kirby Tash. Am I? Kirby Tash! Am I? Wiped out! 
from the face of the earth. Hurry, Kuvita! How can I make the captain understand that our telephone is bound to be tapped? Oh, call him back and tell him. Huh? Snowy, tonight at dinner, the captain and I are going to have to deal with our hosts, chronic and clumsy. We must, we must keep calm, gentlemen. And above all, we must be patient. The great city which you saw disintegrating before your eyes was, for the time being, no more than this model of glass and china. Have faith, gentlemen. This miniature city was destroyed from a distance by the machine you see here. It is an ultrasonic instrument. Up to now, it is only effective against glass and china. But in the near future, we shall be able to destroy at long range bricks and steel. Lord glory is a train, gentlemen. And when our hour strikes, then the enemies of Borduria and our great ruler, Kurvitash. Am I? Am I? Now, where am I? Am I? What? Oh, yes. Our enemies will be stricken with terror before our annihilating power. I say, well, they are having quite a party at table seven. Oh, that's the first bottle they bought for me. Blistering barnacles, gentlemen. Drink up. We have another bottle to get through. <laughs> I'm no fool. You want to make us tight, huh? To find out where is Professor Calculus is. Don't worry about Calculus, Chronic. He'll have to shift for himself. Yes, yeah. right. It's the Colonel Schwartz. He's the only one who knows. Let's forget, silly old Calculus. It's time for bed. Good idea, Captain. Don't you think so, Chronic? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We'll escort you to your rooms immediately. All set, Captain. Sober as a judge, unfortunately. <laughs> the most impressive speech, Colonel. Most impressive. Indeed, Major, talk of annihilating power has quiet bit my appetite. Would you like a crepe stick? They are delicious. Colonel Sponsor, <laughs> you are wanted on telephone. Thank you. Excuse me, Major. Hello, Colonel Spawn speaking. Oh, it's you, Leslo. What? They've escaped? They look chronic and clumsy in the laundry cupboard? Fire them at once. Our guests were last seen heading for the opera? Good. I'll arrange a full security inspection. We'll smoke them out. While I'm about it, I'll go and hear the Castafiore. Have I? Well, well, a night at the opera indeed. Jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. She was worse than a strangled foghorn. You're right. Yeah. Oh, look, Captain, it's hopeless. The exits are stiff with policemen. They're obviously onto us. Let's try to slip out through the stage door. Right. Right, we've made it backstage. I'm seriously thinking of donating Cuthbert's umbrella to the props department. Surely nothing can get in our way now. Oh, oh. <laughs> Why, look who's here! It is Dean! Custom me, quick, let's give ourselves up! Hello, my dear young friend! You have come to congratulate me with this, this fisherman, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Horrock! Uh, uh, Horrock! Damn! Excuse me! 
Haddock. Gentlemen, I am sure. Now come into my dressing room. Must we? <laughs> yes, yes. I cannot leave my admirers in the passage. Now come along in. Oh, oh, she hasn't noticed me. And you too, my little Snoopy. Cheek. Such a success, was it not? One of the greatest triumphs of my career. What applause, especially for the jewel song. They were in ecstasies, were they not, Mr. Paddock? Haddock, madam. Oh, they will not leave me alone for a moment. Oh, the joy. Oh, well. Come in. Signore, it's uh, Colonel Sponge. He wishes to pay his respects. Thundering bargles. But of course, show him in, girl. Poor Irma, such a delicate flower. Just a minute, Signor. The Colonel. Oh, listen, I'll explain everything later, but at all costs, he mustn't find us in here. Dio, my poor alarm in trouble. What shall we do? Sing, that'll keep him away. Irma? Yes? My poor petal. Keep the gentleman one moment, please. Now, what shall we do? Quick! <laughs> in my wardrobe, my little ones. Right. Behind this curtain. Leo, you, Castafiore. There. Show the canaline, my Irma. Am I? Oh, bless you, Colonel. Irma, get a tissue for the man. I am deeply honored to find myself in the company of the celebrated diva, the voice that warms the living. Oh, looks mm. dead more like. Why, Colonel, you make the madam blush. I didn't think that was possible. Shh, Captain. Take the Colonel's hat and coat, Irma, dear. Signora. Thank you. <laughs> Breathe from now on. Right, fine. Madam, I have reason to believe you. Oh, Colonel. Hi, hi. Bless you. Another tissue, Irma. My apologies. We've ordered to search the upper house on top to bottom for two foreigners by the power of Curvitash. Hi, hi. Dio, there must be a bug. Is that so, you fool? I suppose you think you'll find them in here, you dunderheaded nitwit? No, sir. About turn before I explode! What? Oh, dear, I recommend you all to take the hot lemon and the army and an early night. Out! Oh, such a command, Colonel, such a force. You make me feel like a delicate flower. Uh, uh, that must be a first. Uh, please excuse these numbskulls, ma'am. They're hunting for two spies. Enemies of the great Corvitas? Am I? Oh, bless you. Spies? Do tell me more, Colonel. I simply adore spy stories. Spies? <laughs> a spearfish this could be very oh. interesting. Well, I shouldn't, but... Come, uh, come, you handsome brute. Tell me. I... <laughs> well, it's this way. Our secret service have managed to invite to Baudouer a foreign professor, originator of a sensational discovery, a secret weapon that once perfected will give us world supremacy. Oh, my... Am I? Excuse me. Carry on, Colonel. However, the perfecting of it depends very much on the professor. And up till now, the foreign dog... Uh, uh, excuse me. I have not eaten. Of course, madame. Up till now, the foreign dog... Snowy. ...has refused to give us detailed drawings of his plans. His reason... He doesn't want his invention used for warlike purposes, I ask you. Oh, uh, these <laughs> professoris. Currently, <laughs> he is imprisoned in the impregnable fortress of Bachin, and by the whiskers of Corvitash... Am I? Bless you. Oh, uh, am I? Uh, he'll stay there till he decides to surrender his plans. I am sure. Face to the man such as yourself, 
You will no doubt submit in the end. <laughs> For his own sake, he should. And should he come to his senses and to show that I am indeed a reasonable man... I have a signed order for his release in my cold pocket, even as we now speak. His cold pocket, eh? Tomorrow, he will have to choose. Either he gives up his plans and is released, or he'll never be heard of again. But why, Colonel? Supposing he gives up his plans and you release him, what happens when he returns home to reveal all? <laughs> I've foreseen that. Ah. If we set the professor free, it will be in the presence of the International Red Cross. He'll have to declare in front of them that he came to Borduria of his own free will to offer us his plans. I have passes for these two representatives in my coat pocket also. Is that so, Colonel Spots? Oh, how clever, how brilliant, how imaginative. I am sure Carvitage... Hi! Gesundheit would be most proud of you. No more than he would be proud to know a woman as beautiful as you. Beautiful am I? Am I? Oh, I am gossiping, and time passes. If I may dare to presume, uh, my wife is giving a small party for some friends tonight, and it would give me great pleasure if you would agree to come just as you are and sing for us. But of course. Irma, the colonel's coat and mine. Yes, signora. It would be a great honor if you would take my arm, madam. The honor is mine. And don't forget to wrap up well, Colonel. We don't want you making that cold any more. Phew, they're gone. Half time, too. Blistering barnacles. I think we have everything we need now, Captain. We don't have a drink. You don't need one to join the Red Cross. All right. Tomorrow we visit the fortress of the Bakine. Good old Castafiore, she's handed calculus to us on our plate. Hello, Colonel Spence's office. Two representatives from the International Red Cross. Uh, uh, it's quite all right, Major. I made them out myself. And the order for release. Yeah. Yes, Major, that's quite all right, too. You know, the Colonel signed it yesterday morning. Yes. Chief is here. Oh, he sounds in good form this morning. Moscow. What's the news? Any trace of calculus is friends? Oh, nothing at all, Colonel. Not a sign of them. I wonder where those two artful dodges managed to hide. Major Kaduk just could. Kaduk's that old boy. He wanted to know if the order you signed releasing Professor Calculus was official. By the whiskers of Kovitash! Come I? When a document bears my signature, is it or is it not official? Yes, Colonel, that's exactly what I told him. You, you, you did say the order releasing Professor Calculus. Oh, yes, Colonel. But I have said here in my... The papers. They've been stolen! Sound the alarms! By the whiskers of Kuvitash! And I found the maximum alert! Yes, Captain. It's me, Haddock. And that's Tintin. Driving us to safety. Make tea, splendid idea. But, Captain, you and Tintin have aged almost beyond recognition. Have I been away that long? No, 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 you won't go. We're in disguise as representatives of the Red Cross. Biggest joke is that Colonel Sparks himself provided the means. 
chances of your escape. All we had to do was to take the papers from his coat pocket. You're going like a rocket. Why, look, my umbrella. You've saved the day, my umbrella, my precious umbrella. Oh, of course, I was keeping it for a rainy day. <laughs> Who cares about your umbrella? Calculus, you're free. I wouldn't start counting your chickens. We haven't reached the frontier yet, and if our little block is discovered before we're across... I'm not cross, I'm ecstatic. For you see, inside my umbrella... Murder bike! They're on to it. What did I tell you? They've raised the alarm. Blistering <laughs> barnacles. What do we do now? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Captain, yes. I'll keep the roof at the back. Right. When you've done that, I'll let go at the front. Right, right. <laughs> there are enough. I'm going to let the wood go. Ready? Geronimo! Bingo! Listening particles, they're both down in the ditch. After taking the hood off whilst travelling at this speed... Anyway, as I was saying, inside my umbrella, though I still watch carefully, I grasp the handle like so. Look, the frontier! We're coming to the frontier! The frontier! Yeah, whatever happened to the team? Oh, but wait! Oh, crumbs! We're cornered this time. They've set up a barricade. Uh, we can't possibly get through. Blistering barnacles! We can't surrender now! There's only one chance. What? That barn to the left of the barricade. Yes. If we ram the door, we might get through to the other side. Right. Let's hope nothing's blocking it. I was so rudely interrupted, I crossed the Here we go! Oh, oh, we've made it. We've crossed the frontier. Is everyone okay? Oh, just about. Never felt better. How about you, Cuthbert? Well, what about my shirt? I do wish you would concentrate for the third time. I grasp the handle and unscrew it. There. And hey, presto, what do we see? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> my plans. They've gone. But I, I'm quite certain that I... Oh, I can't believe it. You mean you've been barking up the wrong tree? Douglas, look at me. You mean you never had the plans with you anyway? <laughs> you stupid, clear old goat! No, they're not in my coat. I've checked the pockets. You mean, Congress, we've been through all this for absolutely no reason at all. <laughs> I've, had, I've had all I can take. Thundering typhoons. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> To a little peace and quiet. <laughs> what are you doing in my house? Look who's here. The ancient mariner himself. Billions of blistering particles, Wag. What do you think you're playing at? Me? Well, it turned out nice, oh. and your little place was vacant, so I popped in for a few days. Don't worry, I've only taken the lounge. <laughs> With my little brew. <laughs> Back in the night. <laughs> I've gone mad. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? You in the box. Chicken box at your age, goodness, but that's very serious. <laughs> oh, 
I say, old chum, I've just thought of something. All that clatter in your laboratory is it insured. Oh, very well, thank you, but I'm worried about the captain. He has chicken pox. <laughs> chicken pox? <laughs> He'd better go and live in a hen coop. <laughs> chicken pox. <laughs> chicken pox. But, uh, but uh, as infectious, chicken pox is. As infectious, Martha! So, Professor Calculus saved the day. Once again, peace and solitude settled over Marlinspike Hall, with no more breaking glass or unexpected visitations. But there would be little time for fun and larks before our next adventure, the Red Sea Sharks. Calculus Affair, Part 2, starred Richard Pierce as Tintin, Andrew Sachs as Snowy, Lionel Jeffries as Captain Haddock, Stephen Moore as Professor Calculus, and Charles Kay as Cuts the Butcher, with Stephen Thorne as Nestor, Linda Poland as Castafiore, Melanie Hudson as Irma, and John Fleming as the Bordurian Officer. Other parts were played by members of the cast. The Adventures of Tintin by Hergé are dramatised by Simon Eastwood, the music is by Roger Lim, and the programme is produced by John York. Tune in next week... Same network, same time. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.